You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. My name is Tim Coons, and I graduated from UNC in 2001 in the winter with a degree in music education, emphasis in choir. And now, so I worked as a musician for 20 plus years, uh, but now I just changed uh, course and I am a communications officer at the Weld Community Foundation. And what exactly is the, a communications officer? Right, I, you tell me. I, <laughs> no, uh, so marketing and communications would entail I'm sending emails out, I'm running events, um, I'm kind of coordinating plans on how do we reach certain peoples. And um, right now there's a big kind of public relations push of do people within Weld County know about the Weld Community Foundation and what we do? And for the most part, not really. It's not a, it's not a um, well, like, well-known talked about a lot group and is that um, is that based on your like perception of it or is that like yeah that would, that would be stats? my that would be my perception running in that's yeah. anecdotal um i lived here for 23 years and had never heard of it until last year when i was asked to be a part of, of things and um and then they said there's this opening for communications and and marketing and I was like, man, I would love to do that. For one, I think that the work they do is incredible, and it hasn't it hasn't needed to have a, a giant public um, push. Uh, you know, it's it's fairly we're working with high level donors who are wanting to tailor a fund uh, for the sake of philanthropy, um, and so that's that's the bread and butter. But at the same hand, I I think um, great things can happen when word gets out. So I graduated from UNC with that music education, and I only taught choir a few years. I loved it, but I was involved with a lot of other music type of projects. So I was a worship director at a church, various churches over over the last 20 years, um, all sorts of different denominations, and um, but really playing that same role of when we get together, I'm in charge of the plan of beginning to end. I used to tell folks I'm a, I'm a glorified events coordinator. <laughs> like, like from beginning to end, I, I'm I'm the one in charge of gathering the volunteers, and then uh, that primary role of uh, music and and making sure that the um, music was solid, and I had different bands and people uh, ready to go to create an experience where people could connect in spiritual ways. And uh, and then alongside that, I was also a singer songwriter doing work um, where I would produce albums, and so I've toured and and. Um, also had songs that are um, placed in movies and videos and, and um, things online. Uh, so, so my work has been used for that. But that also involved marketing and communications consistently with, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a tough sell to get people to come to your church or to buy your album. Um, <laughs> you can do a little bit of both in yeah, there. Yeah, well, I mean, both those things, you, you have to think through, like, how are you going to share the things that you're doing? Mm -hmm. um, it's not a magic thing where if you build it, they will come, yep. um, which is what 
you know, going into it, it was like, it was like, gosh, if I just make this really great song, like, you know, it'll be an instant hit. And, and over the years I've learned, oh, it takes a ton of work to be able to share that. And so that was the um, non-traditional background I had coming into the Community Foundation. And with the Community Foundation, you're doing, sounds like, plenty of things, and one is a podcast. Yeah, that's my favorite thing that I'm doing. The, um, yeah, the creative work, uh, there's... Um, producing newsletters and uh, we do this luncheon every year but my favorite thing by far has been uh, this podcast and it was one of those things that um, I pitched to my boss Rand Morgan and uh, Rand immediately understood where I was going with it and what I was doing um, I said I, I love the idea of, of it being a commercial for the foundation and telling those stories but we should draw back a little bit further and tell a, a bigger picture story of um, what does it mean to belong uh, in an age of social isolation and disconnection. That's our, our tagline for the podcast. Um, and that comes from the fact that before taking this job, I was commuting. And I had been commuting for uh, around seven years all the way down to Highlands Ranch. My commute was an hour and 22 minutes on average. And then when I took this new job, the, the commute changed to five minutes and 32 <laughs> seconds. Like it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Um, but along with that, it came this sense of like, man, I've been living outside of my home for so long. I've been living above place is a phrase that I was hearing of like, you know, people who commute or people who have a lot of their life online, mm. all of a sudden they become socially isolated mm. and they become detached from the actual neighborhoods they live in, the actual communities and the issues of what's going on in their area. The physical space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah we've, we can ignore the physical space. And so we do. Mm -hmm. So with this change of job, this change of, uh, I wasn't commuting anymore, I wanted to address this picture of belonging in an age of social isolation. I wanted to say, okay, well, then what does it mean um, to tell the stories of our area? to tell these stories in such a way that other people can relate to it and that they would find it universal, they would enjoy it. But it's also this um, taking pride in the things that are going on here. And so I very specifically, it's called Weld Found. And um, I've been trying to tell these stories of connection and getting over that divide and that loneliness that we can sense is really prevalent within our culture right now. Production-wise, uh, I'm trying to emulate really highly produced stuff like This American Life or TED Radio Hour that you had been talking about earlier. So I, I'm trying to cut it down to essential things, essential stories. Um, I, I, with my music background, I score it and, um, <laughs> and have music underneath. But the way that I've approached this first season is simply, um, is it compelling to me? And, and so like I just, you personally, me personally, okay. it's would I want to listen to this? And so I'm a big snob about podcasts <laughs> of like, of like, ah, I don't know if I'd listen to that. You listen with your pinky out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While sipping tea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when, um, I'm looking at podcasts, like I don't really like the two and a half hour long, three hour long conversations that, that friends will turn on the microphone and just go. And the, uh, there's a lot of popular podcasts that are like that. Mm -hmm. And and um, I've tried and I just can't. I'm just like, man, I, I think I just need more production, more editing, more music, whatever. Um, and so for this first season, I, I just said, okay, what are the connections to stories that I have? What kind of doors are being a part of the Community Foundation opening for me? Of like, hey, I could, I could go talk to these people because I could say I'm from the Community Foundation and they'd be interested in, in connecting. And, um, and then alongside that, just saying, is it compelling? 
Is it something that's like, I really want to know about that? Um, so, I mean, a couple for instances is uh, I, I interviewed Neela Pekarik of, uh, she used to be a part of the Lumineers. Uh, she's their cello player. And she stepped out of the Lumineers to create an album about Rattlesnake Kate. And so Rattlesnake Kate is this local Weld County legend. Um, and she found out about it because she's an alum alumni of UNC. And so I, I've got her singing a song from Rattlesnake Kate and just talking about that project. Um, and I put that under an episode called Courageous Women and the County That Loves Them. And, and so I just started seeking out stories that I, I found to be really high interest, compelling, and, and things that you would want to share with friends. For me personally, it has been such an awesome journey. This whole year, um, you know, sometimes people will choose different things, like a different word or phrase to represent their January or their new year. Mm -hmm. Like they talk about, what's your word for the year? And really, January last year, my word was localize. I knew I was taking this new job. I knew I was going to stop the commute. I knew I wanted to address these um, feelings of loneliness, disconnection. And so my word for the year was, was localize. And through doing the podcast, and also through different things that, like tours that I've been able to do through Community Foundation work, I felt more connected to my home than ever. And I think with that comes a lot of positive things, but you gotta be honest that it comes with negative things too. Um, like what? Well, let me say the, the positive things have been, um, boy, to, to know the stories of why this park is named Allen Park. Or, um, or why this school you know, is named Momfort School of Business. <laughs> um, to know some of those things. And then to, um, to know and be tied into, hey, these are these really cool, fun events that are going on. Here's the new build that's happening. Here are the issues that we're facing when it comes to water and growth. For the first time, I went into this election fully knowing who was running for things, what they stood for, the issues, and I didn't have to like read it as soon as I opened my ballot and be like, right. what is CC? You know, like I knew because I had been in the conversation with different people because um, this is our home and it matters. Before that, I had lived in a bubble and, um, and it was a very awesome bubble. It was a little bubble of kind of my church world, which was kind of higher education and spiritual, and then uh, crazy artist world of musicians, and my wife's an artist, so we all ran in these circles of, of um, artists and, and just uh, creatives, and I've loved that bubble, but it is a tiny world, and that was only you know, made worse and made an echo chamber by things like Facebook and Instagram. Mm. And birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I had this tiny bubble. I loved it. We were all sharing stuff together. But, but to step out of that bubble this year and to get to know the actual physical place where you live and the issues um, that are faced here, it makes you feel so much more tied in and like you really belong. Now, the negatives on that front I think is, um, you know, it's the difference between uh, your close friends and then your family, mm -hmm. right? Like, <laughs> like, like your family, um, there's this stronger bond of connection because you're family, but then there's also a lot more mess. And so, and so there's a little bit of that of like when you decide to localize and truly belong somewhere, you're taking the good and the bad and you're going to be frustrated sometimes and you're going to have different opinions and values and I, I think one of the important things that I'm 
trying to put words to and figure out is that um, over this last year, and especially with how um, hot topic, hot hot button issues that we have with um, politics right now, mm-hmm. um, there's been this tendency, trend, however you want to call it, to villain, uh, to vilify the other side mm-hmm. of of your values, of your political party, of your stance, uh, of your ideology, and and so you want to make the villain. One of the things that I found in stepping out of my bubble is that I'm meeting the people that I've heard been vilified by my friends or people online, and I'm getting to know these different areas of life, and um, they're human um, <laughs> first. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're not of dark forces. <laughs> you know, um, they're they're human, and then um, they're earnest. They want to see what's good for this community. And they are very interested in, and, and they might come at it in ways that I would disagree, but they are earnest and they do want to do good. And, um, and that has been not necessarily surprising, but just humanizing for me mm-hmm. of just meeting these people and, and saying, okay, like shaking hands and saying, saying like, well, like, like I have a friend that hates you because you voted this way or, you know, like, right. um, or because you stand for these issues. And, and how do you not walk in into the room bias, you know, right. and, and knowing all these yeah. things beforehand and then putting a microphone in front of them and yeah. then letting them talk. Yes. And, and, and I, I only see more of a challenge of you going back to the editing room and right. then how, how uh, you know, am I a gatekeeper now and, and what do I choose to put in and right. how and yeah. what music score should I put with it? Yeah. Oh, oh, exactly. Well, I mean, just on that front, you know, I, I have my own feelings and opinions of our town found, founder, uh, Meeker, Nathan Meeker. I mean, it's a dark past. It, there's, there's still really beautiful, courageous things about it, of, of him coming out at the age that he was and, um, and founding Union Colony. Um, but at the same time, like, you hear the stories of the disagreements with the Native Americans that were here, and you're like, you're like oh, I, I, can see, I can see the Native Americans' point. You know, I... I um, presented a segment on him during the uh, graveyard walk through Lynn Grove Cemetery. Mm-hmm. I wanted that to be the Halloween episode, but it was really going to be about history and legacy. But I wanted to present him in a way that wasn't super biased by me. Mm-hmm. For one, I don't like listening to that. Like, like I, I'm, not, I'm not that interested in kind of the pundit, like, like, like let me tell you, and like, like let's get angry together. <laughs> let's get real mad. I want to rile you up and show you my soapbox. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and like... I'm actually deeply uninterested in that, just uninterested. And so it was like, it was like okay, well, I'm going to tell the history of Meeker, but I'm going to put darker music behind it. It's going to be tense. And, and I'm going to let you draw some of your own conclusions, but I do want to present this in such a way that it can have this stream of affect that's fairly wide. And you can come to it and, and you can feel that, that, hey, there's an honoring here, but also a sense of warning and tension. I try to present within the podcast is a sense of a character changing. And, and so um, for the episode that I have called Welcome Wagon, it is a tour of the Immigrant and Refugee Center. And so what I tried to do was, was to present myself and to say, okay, like here are my um, tendencies to be an unwelcoming person. And, and here are my tendencies to be even racist. And, um, and we're not going to the moment I say that word, it, it, it kind of explodes a, a bomb in the room. And so I didn't use that word um, in, the, in the podcast. But I leaned into, this is who I am, and, and this, these are my tendencies that I, that I can sometimes slip into. 
And then, and then I um, talked about my experience with the Immigrant Refugee Center and talked about how it changed me. I talked about mm-hmm. um, how uh, I came away with a greater sense of empathy after walking through there. And to be honest, like that journey has been happening for 10 years for me. But I heightened the sense of story and the sense of change for that episode. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, and I listen to it. So, and I, I know that you, you carry it well because, you know, I'm, I'm visualizing you going through this tour and you're learning from the, the individuals who are there yeah. and then listening to their stories on top of it. And then where do you go from it? Well, then I, where do you go, Tim? You know, it's the kind of like <laughs> yeah. the way that you've produced this. And it's, I think it's great to show like that sense of belonging in this area that sometimes isn't uh, always shown in in a positive light too a Mm -hmm. lot of the times yeah among all of this work that you've been doing since you've been here and graduated and moved on how has unc contributed unc was a foundational experience for me and I think one of the things that UNC did for me, I mean, I had a great education and great opportunities um, through music and, and through gathering other musicians and playing together and having that space. Um, but on a, on a larger scope, UNC, uh, the friends that I made in the first couple of years, uh, we grew up together, we played in bands together, we were in each other's weddings, and now we're still hanging out together, raising each other's kids. Mm. Uh, I mean, just a, a story along with that. Uh, my best friend today, his name is Eric Long, and Eric and Amy are close friends, but Eric went to UNC, he's an alum, and he's been teaching music at Frontier Academy for a long time. I think it's over 10 years now, um, might be 20. And and teaching elementary elementary school music at Frontier. But we met our freshman year in, in uh, it wasn't in Fraser, it was in, uh, Web King Hall, and and we were in uh, Web King, and I said, I said, hey, you're in a bunch of my classes. That was our residence hall. And he's, he's like, oh yeah, man, I'm in I'm in the music program too. And at that same time, the pizza delivery guy came in, and he got this like large pizza, and I was like, oh, you got dinner going? That's you know. And he's, he's like, hey, you want to split this with me, bro? <laughs> and it was it was yeah, you're right. Immediate friendship. It was just like yeah. Uh, absolutely. You were literally breaking bread with this person. It, it, yes. <laughs> it was this like beautiful picture of like breaking bread and, and all of a sudden, well, are we friends now? Yeah, yeah. we're friends. <laughs> and, and we've been best friends for, for 23 plus years. Um, but UNC was, a, I mean, one of the reasons I chose UNC was because as an artist, as an artistic person loving music, um, I tend to be just a touch out there as far as like mainstream. Like, like there are things about me that I don't say in polite conversation because I know they're fairly alternative. Um, but at the same time, I'm from Kansas and I have this like very grounded nature about me. <laughs> like, like the whole Kansas thing is like, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Like, <laughs> like it's just kind of like what you see is what you get. Like, like I'm, I don't like when people are trying to overthink something or overblow something up or whatever. And, um, and so I have this kind of artistic mindset, but also um, groundedness. And I think with UNC being a teacher school and UNC um, having so many servant-hearted kids that are a little bit from agriculture areas as far as Weld County, it became a place where I could be that artistic mindset, but keep my grounding and uh, and the community that I found through that 
was um, long-lasting. Thank you.